0: Parents are not having the money talk with their kids when it comes to college. And so I think a lot of times kids expect mom and dad just to foot the bill.
1: Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, she has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen.
2: Pam Andrews is a college admissions coach and scholarship strategist. Pam and I actually recently met at a conference called FinCon. We were in a podcasting women's group, and we were walking back from that meetup, and we almost got hit in traffic because we were so excited to share knowledge and learn from each other. And so I'm really excited to have Pam on the podcast today. What she does for a living is really interesting. She helps high school students get their dream college and secure scholarships that will pay for it. She told me in this brief walk that she was able to help her son win over $700,000 in scholarship money that paid for his undergraduate and graduate school. And more importantly, she's helped her clients win over a million dollars in scholarships. She's the author of Scholarship Search Secrets, the host of the Scholarship Shark podcast, and the creator of a board game called In Pursuit of College. Pam, welcome to Breaking Money Silence. Thank you, Kathleen, for having me. I am so excited to bust this myth wide open and and certainly given the context of what's been going on in the media around parents and trying to get their kids into college and and doing some legal activity. It's kind of interesting to really look at the myth that you brought today about how you can apply for scholarships and do it uh, the ethical and legal way. So why don't you share uh, with the people listening what your myth is that you're going to bust wide open today?
0: Sure. So my myth is that scholarships are only for talented athletes and
2: students with high GPAs, 4.0 GPAs. So let me just, I'm going to react to that and then I'm going to ask for your opinion. So when I was in high school, uh, many, many moons ago, I can remember somebody saying to me, at graduation, did you get any scholarships? And Mm -hmm. I didn't even know back then. And apparently my parents didn't either, that I was supposed to apply for them. So uh, even knowing that scholarship money is out there, I think is important for any parent or any young person listening in today. Um, But tell me a little bit as to why you picked this myth and why people believe it's only talented athletes and straight-A students that get the money.
0: Sure. So I'll start with why I think the myth exists. I think it exists because, much like you, I was pretty much in the same boat. Um, that. I, I remember receiving two uh, two relatively small one was maybe 500 and one was maybe 1000 one one was voted by the teachers and another was from the Daughters of the American Revolution like the local chapter and and the guidance counselor picked that so I didn't did not apply it was just simply based on leadership and service in the school and good grades And I did not know to actually apply and, you know, graduated with student loan debt that I paid off over time. So I think the myth exists, number one, because families don't know that you can apply to win. Number two, they don't know where to search, you know, for scholarships. And and I think it really ties into the second part, you know, why just student-athletes and high performing students um, in terms of their grades and test scores is because I think those are the ones who are typically highlighted. So when you see, even with, you know, National College Signing Day, where um, student athletes are, they're the focus and the feature and you hear, oh, so-and-so is going to this school and they got this kind of scholarship to attend this school. I think a lot of times that's what people think. You know, they don't realize that there, there is money out there for uh, all kinds of students with all kinds of abilities, background, interests, their, you know, varying student profiles. So I think that pretty much in a nutshell is why it exists as well.
2: Now what's interesting is so we're talking about scholarships which isn't which is asking for someone else to pay you some money but there's mm-hmm. still that money component that financial component do you think in just in your opi- opinion and and working with the parents that you've worked with and the students that you work with do you think part of the reason people don't apply is because it's about asking for money i have not encounter that.
0: I I think part of the reason why is because they have to do something to ask for the money. So, which sounds a little odd because, you know, when you go to work, you're still doing something. You're exchanging your time for dollars, but there's more of a certainty. If I go to work at, you know, the local fast food restaurant and I work X number of hours a week, and this is what I find with young people in their mindset. I know at the end of the pay period, I'm going to, I can expect to get this with scholarships, because there's that uncertainty that if I apply, if I put the time in, I apply, I may get it. I may not. And I hear that from them a lot of times that, you know, there are no guarantees. Well, I can guarantee you're not going to win if you don't apply. That I can guarantee you. So <laughs> so it, it it's in your best interest to at least apply and pull together your best application. So um I, I think that tends to be a little bit more of some of the the, the why in terms of the the money. I, I don't think they have a problem with getting the money. I think if students could get the money for free they they would it's like okay sign me up where, where it is where do I do this which is why you know there are different types of scholarships there's a category I break down the different categories but one category is called sweepstakes and there are many that are legit and there are some that are not Legit, they're scams. Um, and the scams would be just quickly for your listeners those that require personal information like your social security number or require you to pay. But there are some websites where you can sit down and you put in your information, just your name and maybe email, so they can contact you. And they do a monthly drawing for a thousand dollar scholarship. So it's a sweepstakes in that, oh, yeah, it's very random. You know, you don't have to do anything other than your name and your email for them to contact you. But you're not writing an essay, you're not maybe uploading a video. There's no extra major extra work and it's pure chance. But the scholarship category (laughs) that um, (laughs) requires the work in order to get the money are the essay types or maybe your creative submissions like a poetry or a video submission or maybe uh, photography or some kind of visual arts um, submission. So...
2: So there's some work involved. So it's less about um, I'm going to get this money or I don't want to talk about or ask for money. It's more about, oh, I have to do this work and it's not a sure thing.
0: That is exactly it. Because here's the thing. Students are so busy. So they're, you know, taking classes, maybe advanced classes. They're studying for their SATs and or maybe AP exams in the spring or and they have projects. Maybe a lot of schools have capstone projects. All of this stuff going on, not to mention, you know, they want to kind of sprinkle in a social life here and there with homecoming and formals and things like that. And and then they're in clubs and bands and all kinds of extracurriculars. So now to ask me on top of your college application, to ask me to apply for something, to put some work into something that I may or may not get, you know, and the, the reality of it too, because a lot of parents don't talk to their students about money and how are we going to pay for it and what do we expect? you to contribute, whether it is time, whether it is um, maybe part of your savings from your summer job or, you know, whatever that expectation is, or we're going to cover it, or we're willing to cover this much and we're willing to allow you to borrow up to this much. Parents are not having the money talk with their kids when it comes to college. And so I think a lot of times kids expect mom and dad just to foot the bill you know, why not? They've been paying for soccer. They've been paying for my hitting coach. They've been paying for my dance lessons. They've been paying for everything. So why would I not expect them just to continue to, um, to do what they've always been doing? So uh, it's kind of that, that component as well, P- you know, parents not mapping out the expectations.
2: That is interesting. Cause I think uh, recently we had a guest on who talked about student loan debt and, you know, uh, working with his firm in order to reduce your student loan debt and eventually pay it off. And so part of what it sounds like needs to happen, that's indirectly related to your myth, is parents having conversations with their uh, young students-to-be to be able to say, what can we afford? What can't we afford? And having that type of dialogue.
0: Yes, for Sure.
2: Yes, now, yes, yes. now, I'm curious, I know we we need to get to tips and tools in a bit for you to share with our listeners, but I'm really curious about this winning over $700,000 in scholarship money for your son. Uh huh. Tell us
0: more. Sure, absolutely. So I, I, I call it the layering technique, layer one, layer two. Um, and so the first layer of money, which is the largest pull that often gets overlooked Um, is really at the institutional level, your colleges and universities. So that's where students can get the most financial aid in terms of scholarships and grants. And so I tell students it's important as you're thinking about your schools, you're factoring affordability in mind, taking a look at not only is it a great academic fit, I think a lot of times families focus on just the academic fit and students, but is this a good financial fit? And so for my son, the layer one is the institutional money. So he applied to eight colleges, got accepted to all eight, and won mostly very generous um, scholarships with those schools. So that money can only be used at that school. Layer two is private money, and that money can be used um, no matter where you go. And those are, you know, your maybe your credit union and Coca Cola, and you want a combination of that. And so that's where it comes from. So again, the, the bulk of it came from the, the schools. And I, I like to share that because what I tell people, it can't be an either or. You can't just say, okay, we're only going to go to schools where it's a great financial fit and, and neglect applying and putting the work in for private scholarships. And you can't ignore your school list and just show up and... February, March, April, as you're sitting comparing your offer letter to say, okay, now how are we going to pay for this? Okay, you got it in great. But you know, I want families to know that with a strong strategy in place, you it can be a strong one 2 knockout punch in terms of being strategic and finding a good school. Um, and having that school um, offer you merit scholarships, as well as applying and winning private scholarships.
2: Well, when I think about you know, the myth, scholarships are only for talented athletes and straight A students. I do think that those are the ones we tend to hear about. But already in some of your answers, you have given us great ideas about other types of scholarships that are out there. And and once again, uh, I wasn't aware of that. And I imagine some parents aren't aware of that as well. Um, so it sounds like there there's a couple of things that you help people with. One is mm-hmm. to have a strategy around applying for scholarships. You obviously are very knowledgeable on the topic and can save people a lot of time, and it's probably a really good investment to have you on uh, the team during this time in their lives. It sounds like the other thing is that um, you may, and correct me if I'm wrong, help or or encourage parents to have these conversations around talking about money with their kids and expectations around college and the idea that uh, you don't have to go to the most expensive college to get the best education. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, to go back to the media, it just, you know, it's it's mind-blowing what some parents will do from a status standpoint to try to get their kid into a school with a certain name when I think what's lost is the idea that it's really about educating and preparing your kid for the future. It isn't necessarily whether they have the certain degree from the certain college.
0: I agree. You're you're exactly right, and a lot of that, and and I think it goes back to a lot of what you you talk about in terms of breaking money silence. A lot of that is really the parent examining their why. You know, why do I want you to go to this school, and and focusing on that, and and kind of doing some self reflecting. <laughs> you know, and making sure, you know, just kind of focusing on ourselves and our why's as we work with our students, but. But there was one thing you said and I wanted to point out. There's a book by um, Frank Bruni, um, B-R-U-N-I, and the book is uh, Where You Go Is Not Who You'll Be. Um, and as a second part, something like a antidote to college admissions mania. But he, he really just breaks down that it's about – studying hard, forming um, relationships in your college community and in the surrounding community about standing out, being a leader, building meaningful relationships and connections with your peers and your professors, that makes all the difference. You know, it's not the name brand.
2: Well, Pam, I can really hear the passion in your voice. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your podcast, the Scholarship Shark Podcast. And a little bit about uh, what you talk about on that podcast and how that might be a really great way to get to know more about what you're up to.
0: Absolutely. So I host a weekly podcast called the Scholarship Shark podcast and has this little shark with a graduation cap and money coming out of his, he's like biting money. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I talk about various college admissions tips and scholarship strategy And it's pretty much timely. So wherever we are in the natural cycle, because this is a very cyclical process, you know, certain things happen at certain times in your 9th, 10th, 11th and 12th grade years. So I tend to focus on whatever is happening at the time or maybe what's happening kind of trends in college admissions, as well as interviews with college admissions officers, because I find those very helpful. Um, in terms of taking a look at the school's profile and asking those questions. Is this a good fit for me or is this a good fit for my student? And then different scholarship tips as well. So we'll, I'll talk to different scholarship sponsoring organizations. I ask them, you know, what are you looking for in the students? I want to know. I want to know what will make a student stand out and be a competitive applicant. <laughs> so, you know, I just ask that question and that I know I would want to know if I were applying. Like, okay, you get how many applications? How can I stand out? So it's just some of that and just some general tips in terms of submitting your best application package. So that's that's it, and it's um, hosted weekly, um, and we're on you know iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play, you know all those places where you can listen to a podcast.
2: Great, we definitely will put a link to your podcast. So before I let you go, tell me. One or two tips. And I know it's probably hard to pick one or two, but one or two things you want listeners to know about scholarships and what they are or what they are not.
0: Yes. So I think my biggest tip would be simply apply. Um, I think a lot of times and, and let me back up because sometimes families will say, well, I don't know where to apply. So I'm gonna give you just two quick places, quick and easy to look so a family wouldn't feel overwhelmed. Number one, the high schooler can and should go right into their guidance counselor's office ask the guidance counselor. And the only time you shouldn't see your guidance counselor is beginning of the school year, maybe the end of the school year when you're thinking about your courses for the upcoming year, or if there's a problem. So, you know, build that relationship with your guidance counselor, go in and ask, where do you keep the scholarships? Sometimes they keep them on their online school uh, database. A lot of schools use Naviance. So it may be there, maybe someplace else. It may be in a filing cabinet. I've seen that happen. It's in a a binder in clear sleeves or three-hole punched. I've seen uh, some of them have a big, giant bulletin board outside of their um, office. But ask your guidance counselor, where do you keep scholarships? Where can I find it? That's always a great place because you're going to get a lot of local scholarships, which have fewer applicants. So that's part of applying. And then the second thing, I would say go, and you can either go to Amazon.com, Or you can simply go to your library in the reference section and borrow it. But there's this thick book, um, and and it it looks like, and I'm going to date myself, but it looks like the the old yellow pages, this about that size and flimsy, and not this. I remember the yellow pages. Remember those, right? (laughs) Right, having them delivered, right? So it's really like that, and it's the ultimate guide to scholarships, and it's by um, Glenn and Kelly Tanabe, T-A-N-A-B-E. It comes out every year. There's a new publication that comes out in July for the upcoming year, and it's such a great resource. It's current. You can search by categories, by major, I mean, by all kinds of things. And um, it's a great investment if a family simply goes online and orders it. That way you can mark it up. Otherwise, if you borrow it from the library, just put stickies and and you know write down those scholarships. But just those two sources alone will be able to help your listeners do the, the one big tip, which I say is just simply apply. And then the other tip is apply by the deadline. And <laughs> so I, a lot of times students, Don't submit by the deadline and deadlines are firm and they don't care that you've had a band competition or robotics club had a tournament that weekend. You have to submit by the deadline. And maybe my third tip would be give them what they're asking for. If they're asking for 250 words, you're not going to impress them with 400 words, you know, so give them exactly what they're asking for, when they're asking for it, the way they're asking for it. Make their job easy. So just maybe those three tips.
2: Those are great. So a lot of life skills and what you're doing with these students that I think are really important for the college application process, but also uh, for the quote unquote, Quote, real world, right, Pam? Correct. Uh-huh. So, For sure. So where can people find out more about you?
0: Yes, absolutely. So my website is www.thescholarshipshark.com. And I hang out on Instagram, um, our IG pages, um, The Scholarship Shark, and Facebook as well, um, Scholarship Shark. And then, of course, the podcast.
2: Great. You know, Pam, time goes so quick. I would love to continue the conversation at some other time, but we have run out of time today. But I really appreciate you coming in and Breaking Money Silence with me.
0: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure.
2: Great. So if you've enjoyed this conversation today, please check out this episode as well as others of Breaking Money Silence on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You also can shoot me an email with a question or a comment at kbk at breakingmoneysilence.com. And remember to share this podcast with a friend because it's the easiest way to break money silence in your life. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.